a lifestyle in praise and worship is so much more than the songs we sing, the words that we know, or even the motions that we go through on Sunday morning. This is not a 30, 45-minute exercise on Sunday mornings, or if we make it to Wednesday night, another 50 minutes. Praise and worship, as, as Mike said a little bit ago, is, is a lifestyle. We were created to worship. We were created to praise him. God loves the praises of his people. And so I want to talk to you about the seven Hebrew words that are translated in our Old Testament. But before I do, I want you to make note that there are 45 Greek words related to praise and worship in the New Testament. Forty-five. I think this topic is pretty important. And as I started pulling this together, I thought to myself, you know, you really could have spent a week on each one of these points. So I will be brief, and I will give you the, 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 the basic fundamentals of each word today. But I think down, down the road in the future, we will probably do a series on this because it's that important to understand what it is we're actually doing when we're worshiping and praising God. Amen? So if you think about that, each time you see the word praise in Scripture, it has a, a different meaning in it. Has a, has a, I don't want to say different. I'm not going to say like the Bible scholars and the translators messed up. It's not what I'm saying, but we need to have an understanding. Some people come into a church like this, and maybe you're here for the first time, and, and people are on their knees, and people up front. People, some people are jumping, and you're thinking, what the heck's going on here? I remember. When I first got saved, I went to a Pentecostal church, and people were freaking out. And I thought, what in the world is this all about? I thought I was at the nightclub again. <laughs> but, but it was different. It wasn't like people were drinking and carrying on. There was actual something going on that I was attracted to that I thought, there's something about what's happening with those people that I want. There's something in their life that's free that I've been looking for for a long time. There's, and so as, as I begin to fold myself into the church, and, and I moved. I used to sit in the back row, and I'd worship like this. You know what I'm saying? Eyes wide open. Pretty soon I'm like, okay, I'm going to close an eye at least, you know. Next thing you know, I got both eyes closed, and I moved to the front, and I'm just getting carried away in the things of the Lord. And, and so now I sit up front, and I try not to look back too much, because I'll look at some of you and be like, and all of a sudden, I don't feel like worshiping so much anymore, you know. But I had to get an understanding of what was going on. It wasn't just a party. I, people up here aren't acting this way because, because that's the way they learned it in the world. Matter of fact, the way I, I dance before the, the Lord today and the way I worship God is so much different than the way I used to behave in bars. Come on, somebody. The way I used to carry on in the, in the, in the community and, and behave myself, it's so much different. And I, I want to try to help you in this regard today. And the first Hebrew word I want to talk to you today about is hala. Hala. This word is a verb, okay? And it literally means to praise the Lord. But even more literally, it means to, to be clamorously foolish unto the Lord. What? That is the literal translation of this. This is the same word we get hallelujah from. So when we are saying hallelujah, we should be a little clamorously foolish. We should be a little bit, the Bible calls us peculiar. We should be a little bit different, okay? We don't go in like we did in the bar, you know, cabbage patch stuff. No, 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 no. 
God is not into the cabbage patch. He doesn't, he doesn't do the, the robot. You know, he's not into any of that stuff. He, he is into just releasing yourself into his presence, whatever that looks like. It might, oh, oh, I'm going to get preachy. I'm, I'm going to get preachy. Lord, help me today with your word. Help me to, to teach from that spirit, Lord, that is all over me right now. Lord, open our hearts and our ears to hear and to understand the freedom. I want to teach freedom. I want to preach freedom today, Lord. I'm not trying to put people in a box. I don't, I don't want to pull people, well, yes, I do, out of, their comfort, out of their comfort zones because you do. I don't want to make people do something that, that you're not calling them to do. I want us to be open to the things of God today. In Jesus' name. You know, this word includes dancing. Laughing, leaping, twirling. You're not going to catch me twirling anytime soon, okay? All before the Lord. But it more accurately, it more accurately includes a condition of your heart. It's a condition of the heart. Not so much coming up here and acting a fool. But it's releasing yourself, opening yourself to whatever God would do for you, through you, and to you. Amen? A heart that is turned toward God and is not afraid to look peculiar, we'll call it that instead of foolish, is a hollow heart. That is the kind of heart that God seeks. Hollow is not just a demonstration of praise, but it's the driving force behind every other word I want to share with you today. You have to have a hollow heart in order to enter into praise and worship with God at whatever descriptive word I'm going to help you with today. And that's really why most of our translations and our Bibles just use the word praise. And that's kind of the, the definition that we should have in any in environment where praise is offered. We were out in the rain last night. Thank God it didn't rain. Listening to Cutlass, I can hardly hear it out of this ear. Because the speaker was like that far from my ear. So if I get amens over here and I rebuke you, I'm sorry. I just can't hear you. But we were getting a little foolish. Jumping up and down in the mud. I mean, my shoes are filthy. I wore white shoes. And I knew it was wet, but they were the only leather shoes I had. Everything else was those tennis shoes that are netting. I'm like, I don't want wet feet. So now my shoes, I don't know if they're recoverable. But the bottom line is, I was there. I don't know anybody there. I wasn't there to show off. Or I was there to get my praise on. You know what I'm saying? I was there to worship the Lord. You can sing. You can shout, or you can play an instrument as a holla. It's one of the most difficult forms of praise for most people because it requires you to step outside of your comfort zone. It requires you to do something a little bit different. My pastor used to just encourage me, just close your eyes. Don't worry about everybody else looking at you. Just, I'm not asking you to do what I do. I'm not asking you to do anything. Just close your eyes. And as you do that, you know, the next thing I know, I'm on the worship team at my church, and, and, and I'm up there, I'm up there, this, this swooshy thing. A fushi kabasa is the, is the official term for it. You see it with the beads on it? They gave me one of those. So I was, Dean remembers. Dean was there. We got saved in the same church. Next thing I know, this microphone's coming over here. I'm like, what in the world? This this was the kind of praise that David exhibited when the Bible says that he danced for joy 
when the Ark of the Covenant came back into Israel. It's Listen, it's also the type of praise that his wife Micah despised in her heart when she viewed that. There are people in this room right now that were questioning, and I don't want to use the word despise. I don't think you hate us for it, but you were like, what is this? And that was what was going on. So, so it, 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 it carries all the good, but it also has some challenges to it. And people don't understand. So I'm trying to paint a picture of understanding this morning. Amen? This word is in your Old Testament 165 times. I'm going to give you three of those verses. Psalm 113, verse 1. It says, Holla the Lord. Holla, O servants of the Lord. Holla the name of the Lord. Of the Lord. Look at Psalm 150, verse 1. Holla the Lord. Holla God in his sanctuary. Holla him in his mighty firmament. Psalm 149, verse 3. Let them holla his name with dance. Let them sing holla to him with the timbrel and the harp. So our first word today is the word holla. The next word I want to talk to you about, the next Hebrew word is, is yada. Yada, it's also a verb. This means to show reverence or praise with extended hands. Why do they lift their hands in church? Because the Bible tells us to. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord, all you people. The dedication of the temple in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 uses this form of praise. Picture the Levites blowing trumpets and calling everyone to worship and praise, and everyone's expressing this by standing and lifting hands to God. That's the image you need to get in your mind when we talk about yada. Another way to look at this is a small child reaching up to their daddy as if they just want to be picked up. Don't you just want to be picked up by daddy sometimes? Don't you just, somebody in this room just needs God to reach down and and give you a good old-fashioned hug? Who is it? I'll give it to you. <laughs> Come on, TJ, bring it in. I love you, brother. Don't pick me up. Oh, 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 yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's a yada right there. That is a yada praise, just hugging on daddy. It's, it's, it's like, okay, here's another illustration for those of you that came from where I came from. Get your hands against the wall. Okay, all right, all right. It's a form of surrender. It's a, it, hey, been there, done that. We're not talking about my story today, okay? Come back tonight. Maybe I'll share my testimony. <laughs> it's surrender. This, this word is in your Bible 114 times. 114 times, yada. So when you hear me, you ever hear say, yada, yada, yada? Just say, okay, okay, I don't mind, hallelujah. My kids keep talking and talking. I'm like, yada, yada, yada. Now they're going to be like, okay, Dad, let's praise the Lord. <laughs> I hope that's the reaction I get from my kids, you know what I'm saying? Psalm 63, verse 4 says, thus I will bless you while I live. I will yada in your name. Psalm 136, verse 1 says, oh, yada to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, forever. Anybody need a little bit of a mercy of the Lord today? Man, 
I don't see much purple in this one. These boys are growing up. Psalm 107, verse 15. Oh, that men would yada the Lord for his goodness. They would just surrender to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Isn't that a great word? Isn't that a good expression of praise? Isn't Does that help anybody? Why do they lift their hands in praise? It's because God says so. It's because I, I just surrendered to him. It's like... It's like we sometimes we sit spiritually like this, clenching and holding on to stuff and just letting go of it and releasing it to God is so freeing. It's so freeing. It's so it's what set me free, family. It's what it's what changed. Amen. I haven't had to have a cop tell me to do that in a long, long, long time. It's because I do it unto the Lord today. And he doesn't have to tell me to do it. I come willingly. Look at my next word here. Next Hebrew word is tada. Tada. No, it's not a magic word. We don't believe in magic. We believe in Jesus. This is a verb as well. This word is always found in connection with sacrifice. Uh oh, now you don't want to hear this preaching, huh? It, it's the giving of praise, confession, and thanksgiving. As a sacrifice, listen, before the manifestation of something. In other words, it's thanking God for something you don't have yet. Like we just did when we prayed for healing. You might not feel, your body might not feel, we prayed for your leg. You might not feel that yet, but we're thanking God in advance. We're, we're, we're ta-da, ta-da, God, ta-da, I trust you, I believe you. I'm agreeing with your word. I'm, I'm agreeing. I have faith in your word. And your word says that you can heal. It says by your stripes I am healed. And I, and I, and I take that word, God, and I, and I apply it to my life. It's worshiping God at his value, not your value. It, it, it's thanking him for something that you don't have yet. It's saying, God, I, I don't have all that I want. I'm not the man or woman of God that I, that I desire to be yet, but ta-da. Ta-da, God, I worship you because I know that you can make me into that person. I know that you can change the circumstances around me. I know that you can heal me. I know that you can set me free. I know that you can deliver me. I know that you can save my kids. I know that you can protect my family. I know that you can do all things. That's ta-da. And it's powerful when you get a revelation of that and you start understanding the, the Hebrew behind the meaning of praise. And, and God can do anything. There is nothing impossible for him, amen? He is not just an Old and New Testament God. He is still alive today. He still does miracles today, amen? When we offer Tadah to God, we accept his word as truth. We accept it. Prove it to me. That's going to take a minute. But if that's your, if that's your heart, I probably can't anyway. Picture giving thanks to God and agreeing. It's, it's like this. It's like, it's like shaking hands with God. I agree with you. I agree with your word. I agree with what you say. And I believe you. Ta-da. This word appears 29 times in the Old Testament. Psalm 50, verse 14 says, Offer to God, ta-da. Offer to God trust. Offer to God faith. Offer to God belief. Offer to God your whole heart. 
and pay your vows to the Most High. Verse 23 in Psalm 50 says, whoever offers Tadah glorifies me. Whoever trusts me, whoever believes me at my word, glorifies me, says the Lord. Whoa. Want to give God glory? Believe the stuff that's unbelievable, family. Did Jonah get swallowed by a whale? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Did Noah build an ark? Without a skill saw. <laughs> the next word here, the source word is Shabbat. Shabbat. And it's a verb. And Shabbat means to address in a loud tone. Us Pentecostal people, we like this one a little bit. It's typically associated with freedom or victory. You remember when the children of Israel first crossed into the promised land? And they came against their first obstacle. What was it? Jericho, the walls of Jericho. This is what they did. They shabbat that wall. They shouted that thing down. Can I tell you that there are some walls in your life that need to be shouted down? I remember one time right when Pastor Carrie and I were newlyweds, and she was in the hospital, and she was pretty sick. I'm a new husband, so I'm scared. I don't do hospitals. I'm healthy. It wasn't something that I was familiar with. And I went home, and I wrestled with God. And I remember <laughs> he told me it was raining like this, Bakersfield, California. But walk around your house. Thank God it was only like 1,100 square foot house. Not 800. It was small. Walk around your house, and I'm walking around my house in the rain. I'm thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And got around. He said, do it again. Lord, I'm a baby Christian. Are you sure this is you? I don't remember eating a bean burrito. And he said, do it again and again. And about the seventh time I started walking around my house, the Holy Spirit just began to rest on me. And I began to tremble, and, and I believe in speaking in tongues, and I spoke in tongues. I went into my room, into the house, and I just began to shout. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry with God. I was trusting God. I was believing God for a miracle. I was believing God to care for my wife because I didn't know how to. I came home the next day, thank God. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about is, is offering up praises to God. It, 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 it's more than just a loud shout, though. It's, it's, it's putting everything you have into it. It's putting your whole self into it. And I had to walk around my house a few times. The purpose of that was for humility. I'm wondering, my neighbor's watching. The purpose of that was to get out of my head. That some of the things God asks you to do isn't, isn't because it's going to help you. I mean, it is because it's going to free you. But it won't make any sense. It has nothing to do with the situation at hand. Walking around my house was not going to help my wife one bit. But it helped me get in a place where I was humbled enough to trust God at his word and believe God for a miracle. Shabbat. I love that word. It's an attitude of wholehearted praise. Psalm 63, verses 3 and 4 says this, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall shabbat you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. 
We usually look at this psalm as a, as a cry during a hard time or a, a season of drought or during a storm. But the words in this, in this verse tip, uh, literally mean to shout, to shout praises to God, to give God praise because he's worthy. Amen? One of the best comparisons I have, and it's a shame that I have to use this comparison. I wish I had a comparison in the church to use, but the best thing I can think of is when the Raiders are winning the Super Bowl this year, how much you and me are going to be shouting, right? But that's the comparison. When your favorite team, now that's a shame. I should be able to compare our worship service this morning as the best shout that we've ever given, amen? But that's a way to compare this word to the meaning of the Hebrew. It, it appears 11 times in the Old Testament, so we shouldn't always be shouting, okay? I like to shout, but a shout isn't always what's required. Look at this, Psalm 47, verse 1, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shabbat to God with a voice of triumph. Psalm 145, verse 4, One generation shall shabbat your works to another. Shout it to another, amen? And shall declare your mighty works. Isaiah Chapter 12, verse 6, cry out and Shabbat, O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. The next Hebrew word is Barak, not Obama. Barak. It's a verb as well. This is the kind of praise we see mostly around altars. It, it means to kneel down and to bless God as an act of adoration. It carries with it the idea of humbling yourself to a place that is lower than your object of worship. In this case, and in every case, hopefully that's God. It's bowing yourself. It's humbling yourself. It's where James chapter 4, verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. That's the same meaning in the Greek as it is here in the Hebrew, to kneel yourself, to, to bow yourself, to, to lower yourself, to take yourself off a pedestal. You're not all that or a bag of chips. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this morning. Amen? And when you think about a royal court, if you ever went to visit the queen, one of the things you would do in her presence is you would bow, not to her, but to her position. That's the custom. That's the picture you should have with this word. It's, it's, it's bowing and kneeling. It's an outward expression of our awareness of how good God is. If you're aware of how good God is, you should be baracking. Amen? You should be kneeling in his presence. And, and, and I would encourage you, do it here. Not a lot of altar space here. But there's room enough for a knee. But, man, you you. Yeah, I'm going to say it this way. You must, you must bow a knee in your prayer closet. Physically, I can't. Yeah, we're talking here. We're talking bowing our hearts, going prostrate. If you can't get on a knee, lay down face down, huh, Daryl? Get on your face before God. It's all good. Look at these. It's, it's in the Bible, as a matter of fact, 330 times. I think this one's pretty important to God, that we would take a knee, that we would reverence him, that we would just be in awe of his majesty. He is God all by himself. He doesn't need your help. 
He doesn't need Mohammed's help. He doesn't need. <laughs> I love this church. They just say it like it is, you know. <laughs> Here, here's a couple of verses that use this, this meaning. Psalm 95, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us barak before the Lord our Psalm 34, verse 1, I will barak the Lord at all times. I will kneel before the Lord at all times. The literal word that our translators put in there is praise. And, and Okay. Kneel before him. I will barak the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 20, Then David said to all the assembly, Now barak. Get on your face before the Lord your God. So all the assembly got on their face before the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and King. Powerful. It's powerful. The next word is zamar. Zamar is another verb. You notice that these are all action words. Verb means it's an action word, right? It means it requires action on our part. Requires us to do something. Requires us to get involved in it. God is not going to force you. He's asking you. He's, he's calling you. He's pleading with you. He, he's doing everything but begging you. Please love me. Because I love you. Zamar means to make music. In praise to God. It's not the kind of music when you turn on. The rock station. It's making music unto God. Nothing wrong with rock and roll unto God. Come on, somebody. I'll lose half my church if I say there is, because there's not anyway. <laughs> but it means to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise. It's a musical word that's largely involved with joyful, joyful expressions of praise and music with instruments. You know that your hands are those instruments. If you're like me and you can't play nothing else, oh, a, fusu, a fushi kabasa I could play. Yeah, that's right, that's right. A little bit of tambourine, I proved that last week, right? Second service, yeah. But our Sunday morning worships are filled with these last two words, zamar and barak. This word appears 46 times in the Old Testament. Psalm 21, verse 13. Be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will sing and zamar your power. Psalm 57, verse 8 9. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will zamar you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing zamar to you among the nations. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, Sing to him, sing zamar to him, talk of all his wonderful works. Mike, worship team, bring me for this last word. This one was a little bit harder for me. It has more than one syllable, <laughs> two syllables. <laughs> tequila. I don't, not tequila. Tequila. This word is a noun. This is a type of praise that means to sing. But listen, it's not just any singing. It's singing that bubbles up from your heart. It's spontaneous 
type of singing. The songs of Tehillah, they are unrehearsed and they're unprepared. They are straight to God. It's not exactly what our band is getting ready to do right now, but when you hear someone from our team begin to exhort the Lord during song, and the words aren't there, or they start flowing in another direction, that is what this word means. And I believe that's why this is the only Hebrew word that is a noun and not a verb. Because up until this point, everything else required or, or was an outward expression of our praise to God. This is coming from the innermost places of our heart. You can't plan for it, you can't manufacture it, and you can't replicate, replicate, <laughs> yeah, replicate it, thank you, yeah. I typed it just fine, I just can't say it. There was, uh, in our first church, there was a, a gentleman, his name was Rudy, he owned a music store, and he was a Christian, he was a baby Christian, been in the church a long time, but he was still a baby Christian, just saying, great guy, struggled with some things, we loved Rudy, he came to our church to help us with some worship, very musically talented guy, he owned a music store, and we were doing music to CDs, split tracks before that. And during worship, I was on the worship team at the time, there would be times that in between during solo parts that I would just start exhorting and expounding and, and just prophesying sometimes, just releasing words of wisdom, just honoring God. It, it was just, it was really incredible. I, and we were practicing one time, we were rehearsing, and Rudy's all, hey, do that thing you do. <laughs> I can't do that thing I do to do that thing I do, and I tried to do that thing that I do, and it, it wasn't, it wouldn't work, because that was Tehillah praise, that was the kind of praise that comes from here, and, and, and let me tell you something, this, this is the praise that, you know that verse that says God enthrones the praises of Israel, this is the kind of praise that God enthrones, we throw it around pretty loosely, God enthrones habits, the praises of his people. Trust me, he loves all of your praise, but the, the type of praise that he sits and rests in is the type of praise that comes from here. It comes from your innermost being, and it's, and it's unrehearsed. I'm not saying that you don't join in with the band, because usually it flows out of that. Usually it flows out of something that's happening, the environment that's happening. And so it's a powerful word, and it appears 57 times in the Old Testament is the kind of praise that he enthrones on and, it, and, it, and God literally lives in the spontaneous praises of his people. Psalm 33 verse 1 says, Rejoice in the Lord O you righteous, for Tehillah from the upright is beautiful. Isaiah 63 verse 3 says to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of Tehillah, I'll explain this, for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Isaiah, when he's talking about trading in garments of ashes and mourning for garments of joy and beauty, the word praise there literally means spontaneous praises. Can I tell you that, that when you are under a spirit of heaviness, the thing that will release you from that is just entering into praise with 
spontaneous, unrehearsed, go in your room, turn on the radio, go somewhere, get quiet, begin to sing to the Lord, get in the shower if that's where you sing best, come on. Singing to the Lord. We're gonna we're gonna finish this up with a song in a in about five. Are you on? I'm on. Are you on? Let's stand to our feet. Come on, let's praise the Lord one more time. All right, are you guys ready to do this? Are you guys ready to praise the Lord? Whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh. Shout out, praise Him with all of 
that's what I'm talking about. So next week when you come back, be ready. Be in that environment. Can I, can I just for another minute, I'm going to let you go in just a second. We're going to have a baptism in just a minute. I hope Roy's here. He's going to be here. Roy, are you here? He might be outside already. If you want to be baptized, we'd be happy to do that. But if you're here this morning, maybe this is your first time in church or the first time in a long time, and you just felt like the Lord was speaking to you or maybe tugging on your heart, and you haven't given your life to Jesus, you haven't confessed Him as your Lord and Savior, and you'd say, you know, Pastor, I just want to get right. I want to get some get right this morning before I leave this place. Would you just show me your hands? Say, Pastor, pray for me right now. Anybody in here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. See your hand. God sees your hand. God sees your heart, most importantly. Let's pray this as a family, and then we'll dismiss. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you. don't deserve it, but I accept it. Thank you for helping me today to come into the house of God to become part of your family. Bless this day, Lord, and all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, have a wonderful day.